Hey, Rocky Roadsters. Just a reminder that this is the second part of our episode with Allison. So if you did not listen to part one, go ahead and click out. Things are not going to make a lot of sense if you start right here in the middle. So listen to part one with our episode of Allison. If you've listened to part one, continue the conversation with us. Enjoy. Labor with my home birth. Okay, so I was around like 39 and a half weeks. Um, I went into labor on a Friday morning. Like I started having regular contractions about 20 minutes apart. Um, so I ran some errands, just acted normal. Um, and so ended up home. Things kind of ramped up that evening. I was basically texting or calling my midwife to let her know what was going on. And she just kind of was like, okay, you know, just see how things go. Um, and things slowed back down that next morning. So I was basically in labor from Friday morning until I had him on Sunday afternoon. Mm. So it was long. It was a long labor. If I had been in a hospital, I would have had a C-section hands down because I would have, they would have been like, nope, your failure to progress or it's Mm -hmm. taking too long. Um, because I was at home, I basically spent Saturday with continual contractions, Mm -hmm. um, that were just further apart. Um, so I took like a nap to rest. I drank lots of water. I made sure to eat. So like I had, you know, get like good protein and different things because it, were when you're giving labor you're essentially running a marathon mm-hmm. like your body is <laughs> yeah, your body me that too yeah and i don't think we we think about that but you are you're literally like running a marathon is what your body is going through so you need protein you need mm-hmm. nutrition you need food you need water, water not ice chips um <laughs> i i had um gatorades and sugar like mm-hmm. electrolyte to power yep. your body through it mm-hmm yeah, so like when I was in labor, they had me doing like coconut water and electrolytes mm-hmm. to to make sure that was you know I was staying hydrated. Um, but so then Saturday, everything kind of like ramped back up um, in the evening, which is pretty typical, I guess, with like labor. You at night, that's why a lot of babies come like at night or mm-hmm. early morning because mm-hmm. your body that's just what it does mm-hmm. with your hormones. Um, so everything kind of ramped back up that evening. My midwives came around, I think like one or two a.m. And then it, it was once again just like really long like progression um, of just dilating and things like that. Um, I will so I did have a pool like a like because I was like oh, I'm gonna have a water birth, um, and it helped a lot with pain for me in terms of just like working through the contractions and kind of like going with it it helped with some of the pain but it was slowing down my contractions so at one point they were just like you need to stay out of the pool because it's just slowing things down too much um but we i they had me do a whole bunch of different things to try and like progress things so i ended up doing like the stairs sideways Mm. um we did the pool we did some different stretches um all sorts of things and it was probably like I don't know, really around like lunchtime, you know, like noon one, they had like this peanut ball and they're like, well, why don't you just rest? Use the peanut ball to like get your like leg up basically to like be comfortable. Um, so I did that and my water broke and I went straight into like getting ready to push. Um, it was like, Oh, there it is. <laughs> like <laughs> now you rest. Just kidding. Right. And this is where I said like my midwives well, were hands off. Like my, my midwives were like downstairs and I was like resting on my bed with the peanut ball and it was like when my water broke like I like was like making noise Mm. (laughs) like I was like I was that person yelling um so 
but so, it, it was natural too. Right. But that <laughs> wasn't on a TV show. Right. This is true. And, well, and this is what someone uh, like a birth educator said once is she's like, some people are going to be more quiet. She's like, but don't suppress if you feel like you need to make like a low grunting sound or yell or just mm-hmm. release yeah. mm-hmm. that like internal. It's like an internal vocalization, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um helping your body work through things. The other option too, just going back to what you said too, before that happened, Mm -hmm. all of the things you were doing were natural things like walk up and down the steps. Maybe you'd move this way or Mm -hmm. change positions this way. I tell you like I'm educated on it because I had a kid, but I didn't because it happened so fast Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I never had time to do any of that. But I was aware of all that, like Mm -hmm. change this position, walk this way, Mm -hmm. maybe move this way, Mm -hmm. lay this way, whatever, whatever works. And, and it's like, that's Mm -hmm. not going to cause, Mm -hmm. you know, some kind of long lasting side effect. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yep. Mm. Yeah. And I think trusting your body too, that was, that was something that was said to me over and over. It's just, if you feel like you need to be in a certain position, hands on the wall or, you know, squatting or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Um, they, they said, do it. Cause that's your body. Like listen to your body and what it's telling you to do, because everybody's going to need something different mm-hmm. when they're going through contractions. And, um, so that, that was definitely a, a, something that was helpful for me as I was like trying to like work through things is just listening to my body and just like, um, doing things like that. I, I did use a lot of hypnobirthing, which is there's different, um, methods you can do to do like birth training Mm -hmm. before you have a baby and hypnobirthing is one. Um, and so for me it was, I had a lot of like verbal like affirmations that my husband would say to me. Um, cause we determined like which ones I felt like were best for, for like me. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was going through contractions just to kind of help me go with the wave versus like fighting it. Right. So I think that's that's important too is the mental work you do before having a kid. Mm-hmm. People don't think about that either. Mm-hmm. There's if you if you are doing like the mental work before mm-hmm. you get there, you can use those tools during labor. Um, and well, that's, that's probably I'm sorry you're in the middle of a sentence. Um, that's a, probably something that brought you and your husband together, being able to plan for that and saying, my body is doing all this weird crazy stuff. Here's mm-hmm. how you can help me. Mm-hmm. And yep. I think that in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. men might not, I'm inserting myself into male brain, which is just risky, but men probably don't know <laughs> what to do with their heads, with their hands, mm-hmm. with their emotions. They're, oh my gosh, what's happening? Is she okay? Right. Yeah. And giving them a specific job. Mm-hmm. You are going to calm me down by doing this. Mm-hmm. And you are going to be my teammate in this by mm-hmm. doing this specific thing. Mm-hmm. That's something that's really cool. Mm-hmm. One thing I remember hearing too is with birth it's one of two positive pains that your body feels I can never remember the second one I'm thinking it's the sneeze (laughs) but it's like (laughs) I don't remember what it was but there's these two ways that your body produces pain that ends and results in something positive maybe a fever that could be another one too it's like your body a Mm. fever is like a bad thing in air quotes but it's positively helping your Mm -hmm. body by doing that. Mm -hmm. And birth was one of these things that this midwife was telling me about Mm -hmm. too. And when she was talking to me, she was saying a lot of times with men and just anybody, if you have a family member there Mm -hmm. or whatever, they see you in pain, they want to fix it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's a progressive positive pain. Mm -hmm. So it's something that your body should do. So giving like hypnobirthing and giving your husband or spouse or when a partner, the, the, 
task of this is how you're going to help me because you can't fix that pain. You yeah. can't take it away. And like you said, don't fight it. That's going to make it harder. Mm-hmm. But this is what you can do. Help me through it mm-hmm. instead of trying to prevent me from having it. Yep. So I would say so. Okay. So one of the books that I was going to mention towards the end is um, there's a, a midwife. Her name's um, Ina Mae Gaskin. And she has a book that is literally positive birth stories. That's like the majority of the book. And there are several positive birth stories in there where it is my, it was mindset that was stopping a mother from progressing Mm. or it was stopping her from like giving birth. And so I think a lot of times there is like fear or just lack of knowledge can play into, to all of those things where, the mental side of things can hold us back from giving birth. So I think that's honestly, that's probably a large reason why my labor was so long because I, I mean, the whole time I'm like, I do not want to go to the hospital. I do not mm-hmm. want to transfer. I do not, you know, mm-hmm. I do not want to end up with another traumatic experience. And I was so determined to have a birth at home because I didn't want the same experience. But at the same time, it was this fear of like, you know, progressing because I was afraid of what was going to happen. Um, so I think the mindset definitely plays a big piece in, in like birth, which is why it's important that we do things like training our mind and Mm -hmm. affirmations and, and having our spouse to help us. And also like, that's where a doula could come in too. Um, encouraging your husband to do certain things that mm-hmm. you've talked about because with a doula, at least with mine, like we had a plan mm-hmm. that she, you know, she knew. And so we had, you know, my husband, she knew what role he was going to be playing and things like that. Um, and how to encourage mm-hmm. that like support basically. Cause she would say things like, you know, Hey, why don't you do this? So even in the moment, like that's where a doula can be helpful too. Mm-hmm. just, helping your spouse to like know what to do. Mm -hmm. Well, just checking ourselves for a second too. We've all, I think all of the examples have assumed that there is a partner involved Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. when a doula could be so beneficial as the partner. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's actually, that's actually a really good point because there are a lot of um, like either single moms or maybe the spouse is overseas because they're Mm -hmm. military or whatever reason uh, maybe the spouse just can't get there quick enough but the doula is mm. there you know so yeah the doula can be like you said can be that mm. that person to help support because not everybody has a supportive mom who wants to come to the birth or <laughs> whatever <laughs> you know what I mean like not everybody has those those supports mm-hmm. um, so having someone that knows birth and can help mm-hmm. with that is I think I think is a huge asset so what were some of the best parts about a home birth like why would you want to do it aside from medical and not wanting to have another c-section and all that Mm -hmm. like what being at home what were the good things about it um being able to eat whenever i wanted (laughs) (laughs) your own food not hospital food (laughs) yep being able to eat during labor whenever i wanted um i literally when so i gave birth and i literally like crawled into well after i got cleaned up i crawled into bed (laughs) and like had my newborn snuggling on my chest and Chipotle in my hands, like, <laughs> because my doula went and got Chipotle, um, like mm-hmm. less than an hour after I gave birth. So I'm, instead of, you know, spending 24 hours not eating because I was like so nauseous, mm. I literally, an, less than an hour after birth was eating Chipotle. <laughs> I had, I, 
yeah, so I guess I didn't re- mention this in the beginning, but I had Reagan at a birth center mm-hmm. and I, when I went into labor, it was very fast it was six hours from start to finish. That's a whole other story we could do a nugget on, but we ha- I, in that point where it was like doable, I made a big crock pot of chili mm-hmm. and I took it with me to the birth center so mm-hmm. that after I had Reagan, then I had a big bowl of chili, Bob had chili and the midwives, we all had chili mm-hmm. together because it's protein. Mm-hmm. And then we drank, they were like, you need to drink three bottles of water and mm-hmm. two Gatorades before you can leave, you know? And so like mm-hmm. all the things so I was just drinking and eating and I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was snacking on the way and all yep. this. And it was just part, you need the fuel. You need, you need the your fuel. body needs it. Once again, <laughs> so you're, bad. you're running a marathon. So that's, mm-hmm. I was able to, they were encouraging me to eat mm-hmm. during labor until I, like there is a point where like I couldn't, I was getting nauseous and stuff. So I was still right, trying yeah. to drink, but I wasn't eating anymore. But mm-hmm. up until that point I was eating. Yeah. So um, so that would be a big thing was just being able to eat whenever I want. Um, my bill was considerably lower. It was much cheaper for me to do that. So that comes down to, um, what state you're in basically, or mm. where you're located because mm-hmm. some States have like in Tennessee, for example, they are licensed there. So basically they can bill for insurance. Mm. Um, so your insurance will pay the majority, like your insurance will pay for it. Um, my midwives in Ohio um, did bill um, for insurance. Not all do in Ohio. So, but even then it was still out of pocket. Like it was still still way cheaper. And a lot of people will say like the reason they do a home birth is because they can afford it versus mm-hmm. having to pay their co-pays. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know hospital births, especially mm-hmm. cesarean can be over $30,000 yep. for those oh high ones. Goodness. If you have a, mm-hmm. a natural birth in the hospital, it could be eight to 10,000 mm-hmm. or something. Yep. And a home birth, the average is 2,500, 5,000, 6,000, something like that. Usually like three, I think at this point it's probably like, it depends on where you're at, but yeah. probably three to 5,000 depending mm-hmm. on who and you are. And that includes all prenatal care and all postnatal care Correct. as well. Correct. Yep. That's, that's everything. Oh, that's mm-hmm. wild. Yep. So oh my gosh. cost is way that was probably a big factor was cost. Um, let's see what else. I mean, I just, I kind of said that I didn't want the same outcome. That was a big Mm -hmm. thing for me. I wanted, and, and I got, and I got that, like I had being able to be in the comfort of my own home, not having to rush to the hospital, being able to rest when I wanted to on my own bed, being able, it just felt safe, Mm -hmm. right? It just felt like a safe space. I could set up my space the way I wanted to. I could labor where I wanted. Um, did you have the O there? I did not. Hmm. So I debated um, on whether to have him there. I think in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't since I was, I tended to be more of like a a loud, like. Probably would have gotten scared. mm -hmm, Worried about you. Yeah. So I think. Again, a decision for your family. Correct. Some families have all their kids there and it's Mm -hmm. a big party. Other Mm -hmm. people don't. And there's nothing wrong about either option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know uh, with, with whenever I get pregnant next, um, I don't know what I do. Uh, cause I, sometimes I'm like, I kind of want him there. Hmm. Um, and sometimes I'm like, eh, I don't know. Um, cause I want, I want them to understand this is a nat once again, a natural process. Like mm-hmm. this is a natural process. Um, so I don't know, but, um, no, he wasn't there. So we actually had my friend that had had a home birth. We had basically said, she was like, just let us know. So we had texted her. <laughs> like he was sleep. So he was sleeping most of the night mm-hmm. when I was in labor. Um, and then at like 6 a.m., my husband texted them and they came and picked him, <laughs> picked him up. <laughs> so they just hung out with, he just hung out with them for the day. Mm-hmm. So um, came up to a baby boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Yeah. He Surprise. just, he just like hung out. For, he woke up and hung out with them for the day and 
they brought him home like two hours after I had birth and he was, you know, met the baby. La di da. So we've talked a lot about the positive experience that you had and the empowerment and the choices. Mm-hmm. And so doing part of doing your research is also knowing the risks. So what would be, what is the biggest risk that you found in your research that deters people from home birth, home birth, or mm. just not a hospital birth, like mm-hmm. looping in all of the other options? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, lack of education, mm. lack of education. Cause even, um, so when I decided to do home birth, I did not tell my family because mm. <laughs> I was like, this is not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know how far along I was when I'm a terrible, I can't lie. So my, I was talking to my mom and it's like, oh yeah, my, my midwives, you know, cause I had told her I was, I had switched to different midwives. Um, and she, she just goes, are you having a home birth? And I'm like, I have two midwives. <laughs> um, so I think the big, probably the, the biggest thing is probably just lack of education in terms of, cause she would send me articles and I'd be like, okay, this is like, there's not accurate information in here. This mm. is fear mongering or different, just different things. Um, and so we did do, I'm a big researcher I, with whatever we do. So I had done a lot of research. My husband had done research um, on like the statistics of mm-hmm. like home birth outcomes mm-hmm. and um, in terms of like the, you know, you'll, how do I want to say this? If you are low risk, your, your odds for a home birth are really positive mm-hmm. that you're going to have a, a successful home birth. Um, there are the few that might transfer, meaning that, you know, for whatever reason, a lot, a lot of times it tends to be fatigue just due to a long labor um, and failure to progress. So they will transfer you to the hospital just to be safe. So one of the things that was helpful for me is my midwife said this. Um, they said, we do not have an OR down the hallway. Mm-hmm. So they know what warning signs to look for because they're not going to let you get to like a red flag. Mm-hmm. They are going to, if you have any yellow flags and they have certain things like, Oh, you know, your blood pressure is skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. We're having issues with the baby's heart rate. Um, we're having issues with your heart rate. There's a, there's several like medical things they are watching for that. If there is any yellow flags like that, they will transfer you. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize that, that that's the case that mm-hmm. they are, you know, it's not like, you know, you're at home and, if things are going sideways, like uh, this could be bad. Mm-hmm. If you have a good midwife, they will be watching for those things and they will transfer you to make sure that, you know, mm-hmm. you are in a hospital environment should things go sideways. Mm-hmm. Most, it, when I was talking to my midwives, the majority um, ended up just having a natural birth at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Very rarely were they ended up with a cesarean. It was just, you know, making sure that everybody was safe. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to know in terms of picking a, you know, someone that has good experience or, um, things like that, that they will be watching for those things. Um, trying to think what else. There's a, I think there's a lot of things we could talk longer and longer mm-hmm. about home birth mm-hmm. and, right. um, it's, there's so many aspects to it. I think mm-hmm. that people don't realize, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of misconceptions mm-hmm. right. and 
and I don't know, maybe I'll regret saying this, but one of the things like I've gone skydiving twice and mm-hmm. people are like, I would never go skydiving. People die. I've been in hot air balloons and people are like, I would never go in a hot air balloon. People die. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like people die in cars every day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's literally my point. So it's like, okay, you have a home birth and people are like, Oh my gosh, the baby's going to die. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's th- for thousands and thousands of years, <laughs> yep. people have been giving birth and doing it successfully. Mm-hmm. Does it happen? That it's something sideways, yes. But guess what? Like that happens in the hospital. Too. Yeah, babies mm-hmm. high, so, babies die in hospitals and NICUs. Yes, not I'm not gonna say all the time because that's horrible. But we have yeah. one of the highest maternal and infant death rates in the world. The U.S. Ooh. does, and yeah, and so that I mean that was honestly another factor. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does, and and yet, it, like you said, we've home birth, like giving birth at home is something that women have done for generations mm-hmm. and we supposedly have you know you know you're supposed to birth in a hospital right and yet we have one of the highest maternal and infant death rates mm-hmm. so because we aren't trusting women to do let their bodies do what they need to do mm-hmm. once again different if you are a high risk or have things like that going on for sure yeah um you know medical abnorm abnormalities right mm-hmm. but it, it just makes you think, right? Just asking questions, I think, mm-hmm. is important with mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, and one of the things, too, I, I actually had heard this the other day, that was a lot... Women, again, going back to women, it being one of the most intimate things that a woman can do, and the trauma of a birth can impact, will impact a woman for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. So having something very traumatic and scary, and um, like you said, the lack of confidence and advocacy for yourself... Mm-hmm. Um, can be something to just try to avoid. But again, it's like medical professionals are important. Doctors are important. Nurses mm-hmm. are important. They save our lives. Correct. Like this is, and that's, this is why it's a hot topic because it's taken out of context of like, mm-hmm. Oh, if you have a home birth, that means that you hate all medical professionals. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> midwives <laughs> are medical professionals. They are. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we also need them. So mm-hmm. if there is a life threatening emergency and a doctor needs to have a cesarean to save a, a baby's life mm-hmm. that's struggling or yep. cord wrapped around the neck three times, mm-hmm. like you need that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you for what you do. But yep. at the same time, a woman's body is also made to birth. Mm-hmm. And one of the things the midwife told me, I remember her saying to me, she was like, she said, after thousands of years, no birth is the same mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. one to another, from child to child, not one is the same. So don't box people in mm-hmm. to this is how it should look. This is how you should progress. Yep. She said all of the births she's never been a part of, mm-hmm. y- you cannot replicate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I, is amazing. Right. I mean, my first to my second were totally different. Mm-hmm. And some of that was due to the changes that I made with like natural stuff, but they were still different pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you wouldn't have yeah. changed anything, they still would have been different pregnancies. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like that's just ask anybody with eight kids. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. every pregnancy is different. Mm-hmm. So, and, and most people with multiple pregnancies will tell you that. Um, yeah. So just to, and so we focus more on that. You did have a miscarriage then with a third pregnancy, which mm-hmm. adds a whole different dynamic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we had mentioned too, do we want to get into all of that and everything? Mm-hmm. And not that it's not important because um, mm-hmm. it is important. You know, it was a child and um, that impacted you as well. So mm-hmm. did you want to say anything about that as we wrap up? Today? Um, I will try and keep that brief, but um, I would say 
having had two air quote healthy pregnancies and then having a miscarriage um, was was hard because most of the times I had heard people who had had miscarriages um, before they had kids. Mm-hmm. So it was it was different. Um, miscarriage, like home birth, like a lot of things, is become more talked about. But it is definitely one of those things where um, it's just hard to navigate, I think, because, once again, everybody's situation is different. And you have a lot of, um, for me at least, I had a lot of mindset around like, oh, maybe I wasn't doing the right things with my health or my body failed me or, um, you know, did I do something wrong to deserve this? You know, just Mm -hmm. all the the guilt or shame things that come into your head, which Mm -hmm. is not, it is not your fault. Mm -hmm. It's not your fault for having a miscarriage. And, um, I would say just for anybody that's listening to this, the biggest piece of advice that I have received as I've walked through the last year, essentially since my miscarriage, um, was to tell people when you're ready, but not, I think I waited longer to tell people because I didn't know how to go about it. Mm. Or I was like ashamed or I was, um, I mean, I was walking through grief too, but as I began to tell people, it was really surprising to me the number of women who, I mean, which statistically it's like one in four, Yeah. Mm-hmm. um, the number of women who were like, yep, I actually had a miscarriage, you know, between, you know, when I had this kid and this kid, or, mm-hmm. um, I had a friend who's very open about her miscarriages which were very traumatic miscarriages um and and so she's actually become a very big comfort to me when I just need to be like I'm having a crappy day Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so she's she's been really helpful because she has walked through that and she kind of has been really good with like giving suggestions for ways to support myself or just as you like with grief, because I know you've talked about this, Mandy, as Mm -hmm. you like, the more you start to talk about it, the more it just integrates into who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, and you find that like support in more people are probably struggling with the same thing than you realize. Mm -hmm. So I think telling, telling people that I miscarried was probably one of the biggest suggestions I would tell someone who is struggling with that is just find people you can tell Mm -hmm. um in those you know if you're struggling with that so Mm -hmm. that's probably like the biggest and you've touched on exactly why we're here Mm -hmm. to help people feel less alone because yeah Yeah. i i agree it's talked about more Mm -hmm. recently or maybe we're just all getting older and they're listening to more conversations about pregnancy but Mm -hmm. that staggering one in four women mm-hmm. is yeah. wild. So if you count Ziva on the couch over there, <laughs> we've got four ladies in this house right now. So <laughs> yeah. who has no chance of ever being pregnant. <laughs> True. So yeah, good luck. Sorry, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's opening that conversation yeah. through any struggle you're having and mm-hmm. being able to share the first statement can be the most awkward and be the most uncomfortable saying, Hey, there's this really terrible thing that's happening. Just thought I'd mention it. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
have a good day. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, right. it's yeah. uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. I'm sure that you, you know, your bravery in speaking about it and then sharing with other people helps them feel less alone too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's hard cause it's, I'm still walking through like processing a lot mm-hmm. of it. Um, cause I'm kind of in that phase where it's like, I'm past the due date now of when my baby was supposed to be born. And I'm kind of now in the waiting of like, we still do want to have more children. So now I'm mm. kind of just in this like almost infertility, like mm. waiting again. And I know it won't, pregnancy will never be the same because I had a miscarriage. It's like, I know like walking through that will be totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say like through, through this, um, like getting counseling, like with my pastors was helpful and just that we live in a broken world and unfortunately like that's just bad things happen Mm -hmm. like our you know it's not my fault but like we live in a broken world um and trying to think what i was gonna say um oh i was gonna say and two on like the topic of miscarriage um it's helped me to know what to say to certain people or Mm. um like my my friend for example who had walked through miscarriage she gave me a gift for the baby's due date um and it was very personalized to me uh made me cry Mm. (laughs) um but it was like a beautiful thing that i could remember Mm -hmm. that this was a life that was lived Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't matter mm -hmm. if you miscarry at five weeks Mm -hmm. or nine weeks or 12 weeks or Mm -hmm. 20 weeks Mm -hmm. you still lose a baby Mm -hmm. and that's a hard thing Mm -hmm. especially you know you're walking through it and you know like you said you're past all of that Mm -hmm. so it's a different season for you and it's chronic Mm -hmm. we talk about this in other episodes Mm -hmm. too yeah yeah grief is um it's one of those things that just sometimes you know it you walk through it and you're like, okay, I'm a certain maybe time of the year. And you're like, okay, you know, I'm doing okay. And then other times it's, you know, you think you're past it and it just mm. hits you, mm. you know, it just hits you really hard. Um, absolutely. You know, so I know you and I've talked about that too. Just like, you're like, why am I thinking these thoughts or why, you know, mm-hmm. why am I walking through like the same, same like thoughts or mm-hmm. scenario or whatever. I thought I moved past this. Why are they coming back? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's just grief. That's just, it's just a part of it. So yeah. one of my favorite images that I've seen to describe grief. And I think I brought this up in Katie's. I can't remember if it was on or off mic. So I'll say it again. Um, but it's basically a box mm-hmm. and inside that box it's a button. And every time that button is pushed the floodgates open again and your emotions come rushing out mm-hmm. and when the when the event that causes the grief happens mm-hmm. that box is filled with a ball that hits that button every two and three seconds mm-hmm. and then time shrinks the ball yeah but then it's like that old sony screensaver where it's just bouncing around the screen every <laughs> once in a while and it gets that corner and that's where that button is yep and it can get really close sometimes but it doesn't hit that button so it just hits the button less frequently mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean it hurts less yeah. It just means that it's more sporadic and fewer and further between, mm-hmm. but it might hit that button and everything might come out mm-hmm. as intensely as it did the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's normal. Do you yeah. have one that if you think of your family or your kids, um, or in general, just a song that you would recommend 
we all have songs that help us in different seasons of our lives for mm. sure. So if there's right. a one song that you think of birth and getting through or that, mm-hmm. that time, what would it be? Um, I would say, I mean, it would still probably be good. Either goodness of God, um, by Bethel or King of my heart with Stephanie, uh, Gretzinger and Jeremy Riddle. Those mm-hmm. are the, those are the two. Like I, when I think about my like family and all my births, probably King of my heart. Cause I just, I think of the section where, um, they have the, like bridge, you know, mm-hmm. you're never going to let me down. Mm-hmm. You're never going to let me down. You are good. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. um, and just the reminder that like, God is not going to let us down. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter the outcome mm-hmm. of whatever we're walking through in this life. And so, and I think yeah. even that too, wrapping up things to what, with what our birth plans generally are, mm-hmm. they don't usually turn out that way. Mm-hmm. And even if they could turn out better, <laughs> honestly, they mm-hmm. could be better than what you're expecting and yeah. they could be worse. Well, thank you, Allison, for hanging out with us today and sharing your story. Stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, a hard one to, I was like, how do I, I don't even know how to compact all this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's hard to compact all of that. And thank you for trusting us with your experience and your words. I know, you know, Mandy, I just met you today. In mm-hmm. person, anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, I appreciate your openness and your honesty. And just thanks for, for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me.